0: Hey, it's Kelsey. Before we get started with this episode of Corridor Cast with none other than the Jack Pender, I wanted to let you know about a couple of dates that Santa Labrata has coming up. Uh, Santa Labrada is my band. Let me do some shameless self promotion. Um, on May 16th, we'll be playing with the Dolly Rats at Auto Bar. Please check that out, it's going to be a party and a couple days later on the 20th we're playing the thing in frederick if you don't know what that is uh, bands take over various venues around town it's 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 huge um we'll be at neato's i'm not really sure of many other details but you can get a wristband which lets you go all around town you can go to thething.rocks to find out more about that all right let's do this
1: music from dc and boston more you'll find it all here on corridor Waltz is a cut time or straight 4-4. You'll find it all
2: here on Corridor.
0: Hi, this is Kelsey with the Quartercast. Cast. I'm here today with Jack Pander. How are you?
2: I'm great. How are you, Kelsey? Doing
0: well. Thanks so much for joining me. So how have things been today? You doing good?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's been good today. I, I had band practice with uh, Rain, my bandmate in Guided by Wire earlier my today. My bandmate as well. So i yeah.
0: Guided by Wire. Shout out. <laughs> Um, so, I wanted to talk to you because you have a new EP out, A Trapdoor for Diamonds, and we'll get to that. I wanted to start, though, a little bit with your background. So, um, are you from Baltimore? I, I never had a chance to ask you yet.
2: Yeah, um, I grew up in Parkville, Kearney, like more of that kind of area. Um, I went to Lock Raven High School. So, I've been in Baltimore. Pretty much all of my life.
0: Cool, cool, cool. And when did you start getting into music? How did that come in?
2: Well, I've been taking music lessons of one kind of or another uh, throughout my life. I started playing guitar when I was probably 11 or 12 years old um, because I was going to Jesus camp and I wanted to like play guitar around the campfire like my camp counselors that i had crushes on <laughs> so, so, <laughs> um, all right I, hold I told, on we got to
0: get to this so yeah. you're at jesus camp you have crushes on your counselor yeah how totally do, wh- wh- how does that play into the making of jack pender what what was that like uh
2: well i in in a few ways uh i mean when i told my parents i wanted to play guitar they said well you can play classical guitar um and so they bought me a classical guitar and I started taking lessons and uh, like I stuck with that throughout my teenage years. Um, and I had nylon some...
0: strings, everything. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. And like I I did like a little like blue grassy stuff and like even a little like, uh, I don't know. I, I did sort of like the gamut of, of finger picking technique stuff. Um, I should be a better technically proficient musician
0: we all should for (laughs) how long I took
2: lessons and I've really like lost a lot of it but um so yeah and then you know like once I uh started playing electric guitar it was like a completely different instrument and suddenly I didn't know how to play guitar (laughs) (laughs) because I never I was never like trained as a, a rock musician so why did you
0: want to make that switch then was it just like a love of harder music rock music or
2: yeah i mean i was i was always into i mean i grew up being into like christian rock and then like my dad had like a thing might be giant cd and my mom was into like nico case and some bluegrass stuff and so like things converged for me to be into rock music and i got into like some riot girl stuff in high school and slater kinney was like my nice top of the heap favorite band for a long time i can
0: kind of hear that in manners manners for sure
2: thanks yeah
0: uh so what other bands were big for you what what kind of blew your mind
2: um gro- growing up yeah. or oh um well, in in high school, Fiona Apple was was really important to me, like lyrically. Um, Slater Kenny for sure, um, as as a vocalist. Um, I mean, I didn't really like become like a big big music nerd until college, and that's when I got into like Pixies and Breeders and Guided by Voices, and Guided by Voices was, like, no, that's not true. Pixies were the first band that I was, like, very, very deeply obsessed, obsessed with. me too.
0: Yeah, they, they definitely changed the way I play music and almost, at this point, I wish it weren't true, but I still hear, like, pixies and almost everything i do i'm trying to get away that's from that's not it, a, just a bad thing no it's not a bad thing but it's just you know you want to branch out you don't want to sound like something else but yeah. yeah what uh what album was the one that got you on do them? little do um Litt- yeah. which
2: uh i think was released a day after i was born <laughs> <Is that right? laughs> yeah um but yeah that was like the first album that i taught myself every part to mm-hmm. like I, like, got in there and learned, like, all the rhythm parts, all the, all the bass, all the lead guitar, and, like, you know, learned how to sing every part, like, and that was, like, how I learned how to project and be loud. Yeah, oh my gosh, that's, that's
0: the perfect way to practice your screaming, is just pretend you're Frank Black. (laughs) Oh, awesome, okay, so we, we have that in common, for sure. Yeah. Um,
2: so. I could have guessed that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah, and the, uh, the breeders, oh my god, Kim Deal's amazing, but. It's, are you
2: going to, speaking of Quattrocento, the shirt you're wearing, are you seeing Quattrocento with R. Ring, I Kelly hope, Deal's band, I this week? I hope so.
0: Yeah. I, I hope I can. Um, I don't have tickets in hand yet, but we got to make that happen. How about you? you going to be there?
2: Absolutely. <laughs> I've seen them. I've seen R. Ring twice now. I've seen The Breeders twice, too. Kelly Deal is so amazing and mm-hmm. like a very, very friendly, nice person Oh, you better met her. Um, awesome. Well, I mean, but yeah, it's like every time she plays, she's like back at her mm-hmm. like, you know, merch table and like talks to everyone. Yeah. Um, And the last time she was in Baltimore, she played at Reverb. So like you kind of oh, really
0: that's you kind of couldn't help but venue. meet her
2: <laughs> because it was Reverb and it was so small.
0: Yeah. Like 20 feet away at all mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, I, I hope we can. I hope to see you there. I hope I hope I can make it and everything. Yeah. Um, so, getting t- to your projects, tell me a little bit about A Trapdoor of Diamonds and how that came about. Like, did you have a set idea in mind when you were writing the songs for it?
2: Um, so, these are songs from a few places. They're pretty much all songs that I play with Manners Manners, but not full band. Um, and everything on this is 100% self recorded and me. Um, except for the Brian Eno cover, which is just a cover, um, but, I don't know, so I, I wanted to do a solo album, because I hadn't done one since 2010, I think, um, and I don't, like, really talk about that one very often. Because it was, you know, like, the first thing I ever did. And, like, there's some stuff on it that I still think holds up. But most of it I don't really like to bring out of the closet too much. Well, um. if you
0: liked everything you did in the past, you wouldn't grow. That's kind of right like, about <laughs> right. things. Um, yeah.
2: So... Last year, I was, like, between jobs and I was seeing this career counselor, and then I ended up, like, getting the job I wanted to get at Movable Feast, and um, I, like, still, like, had paid for all these, like, sessions with my career coach, so uh, I knew that she um, did sort of, like, creative project management and coaching, so I told – and she's a musician. Her name is Lauren Cock Anderson, and she was awesome, and I told her, like – well, since we have some more time together, like, I'd kind of, like, to get started on working on another solo thing. Um, so she really helped me plan it out and make it work. Um, so some of these songs were ones that I had already recorded and, like, had just had around. Um, actually, like, a few years ago, I had recorded a completely different EP that I sat on for too long. And, it you know, I, it just, like, it expired Oh, what like, do you mean
0: it expired? Like, like I
2: I just like I didn't have a plan for releasing it and like it was it was like ready to go and then like I just like kept on listening to it and I convinced myself that it was bad and it, I think I mean now I am still convinced it's bad. <laughs> but you know, I didn't want that to happen with this. Like I I wanted to have a thing to put out. Um so I was a lot more strategic with this. Um so, yeah, I, I just recorded everything. Um, they were songs that were already written for Manners' Manners, um, but some of them were sort of in more, like, proto-stages, and I felt cool about releasing them into the world in that state because I'm such, like, a big guided by Voices fan, and I see nothing wrong with releasing a song that is in a larval <laughs> stage because I really... I wish more musicians would do that. Like, I want to hear, like, an early version of a thing, and I also want to hear, like, the full produced version of it.
0: It's interesting to see how things grow when people do do that. So that that's cool that you did it. Um, talk to me about the process of when you're on your own versus when you're with Manners Manners.
2: I guess the, the main thing that's different is that... Um... Well... I'm, I'm in my head more with it, um, which is mostly um, an unproductive thing. So, like, I really needed to have, like, a career counselor, like, holding my hand <laughs> to make this happen. Whereas, you know, with the band, I have other people saying, come on, it's like, we're going to play a show now. I very, very rarely play shows solo. Um, so, for one, yeah, I... Performing live is not a thing I do very often mm-hmm. solo, um, because it's super intimidating. And yeah. and with manners, manners even I've started doing uh, more stagecraft things. Like I wear makeup and heels on stage fairly often these days, and like the things it's done for my confidence are like amazing. I had no idea that like putting on a stage look. Could do so much for my confidence, and like solo, it doesn't have any of those trappings. Um, I mean, for me,
0: just speaking personally, if if, having a band, like it would kind of feel silly to have mm -hmm. a stage look solo. But I don't know. So what does that do? People do do it, I guess. But yeah. So for you, what does that look do? Is it kind of like a a, an armor that you have? Yes, definitely.
2: I mean, I'm literally taller because I'm wearing heels. I'm a very short man, Uh, so that helps a lot. I mean it makes me feel it It changes the way I move on stage um, it makes me feel sort of like more present because I'm like some, I mean wearing heels does that to a person I think like you have to be very conscious of like the way you're standing and the way you're walking and the way you're moving um, and something about that is very uh, grounding and ties you to the experience of being on stage but it's also like elevating you um literally yeah mm-hmm. yeah um so that's been like what defines manners manners like as a performer for me whereas like the solo is it doesn't feel performative as much um it feels more like the experience of me solo is the experience of listening to me record um in the same way that, like, you know, any bedroom pop kind of is, like, this isn't about, like, being on stage. This is about, like, listening to my songs and being close to me mm-hmm. personally.
0: It's more of an intimate experience, I guess, you know. Yeah.
2: You...
0: Okay. Um, and I did want to ask you, you're also, you mentioned Guided by Wire. Um, so what's going on with them? What, what is... What is the need in your life to have a mashup of Guided by Voices and Wire? That's such an interesting concept.
2: Like, where'd that come from? So it's actually Guided by Voices and Nico Case. Um, yeah, so so there's a Nico Case song called Guided by Wire. Oh. Um, so it came out of a few places. Um, and also, as a side note, we're totally going to cover wire at some point. Oh, but, okay. we,
0: See, that's so funny. Cause yeah. I thought, I mean, I've heard you guys, uh-huh. I've seen you guys play and I thought that that's what it was. Oh that's really? Kind of yeah. All right. Well, yeah. yeah. So, so it's Nico case. It's Nico and case, so how did that come about? Got
2: by voices. Um, so initially it came out of rain and I looking for an excuse to play music together. Mm-hmm. Um, which I had been a fan of Rain's for a long time. And uh, so Rain Alexander from the formerly of the Degenerates and now of Santa La Brata. Um Yeah, like I, I had been a fan of hers for a long time and she was like early on in my, my music playing career, like my window into a lot of stuff in Baltimore. Um, and she had been like a really big supporter of mine and my old band Silence Kid um, and my solo stuff um, and we became friends yeah. <laughs> naturally. Uh, so uh, we just wanted to play the have have like an excuse to like collaborate on a thing. So we were just like hanging out and jamming and uh, the original idea was guided by voicemail so like <laughs> as, like That's as awesome. the the most lo-fi thing we could do. Would be to like play Guided by Voices songs into people's voicemails. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why didn't that um, work out? What happened with
2: that? We did it for to a few people. Um, oh, you did? Yeah, we did. It didn't. It didn't last for super long as as that specific concept. Right. But then I think organically it was just like, oh, well, let's also maybe throw in a Nico Case cover in there because we both really like Nico Case too, and I had to sell rain on guided by voices like she did not like them before yeah but I was turn
0: her into a fan I'll have to ask yeah I did (laughs) um
2: I mean to a certain extent um but I was like a mega 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 guided by voices fan uh and uh I've met them a few times um and I've been to three of their shows and this is like no secret about Guided by Voices shows is that they're total like sausage fest bro <laughs> Bacchanals, right? Sure, like sure. Um And yet like their their early recordings, like the real like lo fi ones, like feel very like intimate and like emotionally connected and then you see them live and it's it's just like this like beer sausage <laughs> fest. But they're also like really fun, but go on um, the show, bro. Nothing <laughs> like n- I have to say that I don't think that there are many bands in indie rock quite quite like Guided by Voices for how they like reflect that indie rock is not like a haven for like progressive social morals or you know like no, it's, it's 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 not. Like, just because something is, like, DIY or or indie doesn't mean it's inherently feminist or, you know. Right. And, and guided by voices, like, those dudes are, like, met them. They're all very nice. But, like, a lot of their fans and, like, where they're coming from is, like, a very, like, Midwestern, like, bro-down, mm-hmm. old boy place. Um, and it's, like, it's one of the more toxic things about indie rock. So I wanted to have two trans people playing that kind of music Mm. um sort of as like my way of claiming it for myself and claiming its influence on me okay yeah
0: what does it mean to be a trans artist in baltimore do you feel like there's a lot of support from the uh the community is it something that you've had to build and fight for or
2: that's uh, a very broad question um i mean i i've uh Having having rain in my life has been uh, foundational. Um, that I'm I'm trying to think of how to answer that question because I know, it's, it's very broad. broad. Um, I've been I've been lucky. Uh, I've uh, I don't know of uh, many other, uh, especially trans male uh, like, singer-songwriter types in the city, so, um, it, this is the problem, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, like, not, like, giving a very straightforward answer, um, when, when talking about, like, what it's like to have support or not have support, because there's, like, from, like, the gay community versus, like, the queer community, versus the lesbian community, versus the music scene, which is many different splintered mm. things. Um, and, like, throughout, like, my time playing music, like, I've mostly been playing with other queer people, and I've made that a point. Um, so the, the thing that I I, I definitely, like, don't want to say that uh, I have been put at any disadvantage Um 've I've had support from my friends all along. I don't think that I've ever uh, been you know intentionally like he's trans so he can't play the like I don't think I don't think that's happened a, a one time to me, but I also don't want to say that like microaggressions don't happen. I don't want to say that there's not like a very uh I'm always grasping for words here a, a very fine level of um I guess like micro division and i sound like an idiot right now i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um i but this is the thing with with being in any band you can you can like blame your your success or your failure on like one thing about you And, like, I think that, like, somewhere in there, my being a trans artist and there not being a ton of trans artists up until, like, the past few years, that has put me at a disadvantage. But then again, I'm also an up-and-coming person who needed to make a name for themselves anyway. So it's both things at the same time. Um, I... I know that I've been lucky to have rain and I've been lucky to have a queer community behind me. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, when I, I got a little bit flustered asking you about it because mm-hmm. I know for me, like as a female musician, there is sort of this weirdness about it. It's like, um, you know, people ask me, you know, uh, being a girl in a band, it's that classic question of, um, do you make a deal of it or do you not? Cause I don't really feel like a, I don't get up there. Like I'm a female musician. It's like, I'm a female guitar player. So, you know, I'm guessing you don't go up there like, oh, I'm a trans musician. I'm guessing you just like have your art or, or is that not true? I mean, my
2: art is inherently queer. My songs are inherently queer, um, and angry. And in many cases, like very personal and political and would not be the songs that they are if Mm -hmm. I wasn't trans. Um, so I can't, in I can't in any way throw my trans experience under the bus or detach even even detach it in mm-hmm. any way from my art, um, and I think it's really important that I underscore that. Um, yeah, no, no, that's, <laughs> yeah, hey, that's, that's yeah, perfect. yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. I it's it's the challenge is you know in how you present yourself and also how people receive you which is often out of your control Um, absolutely Um, so yeah
0: (laughs) yeah no and uh so you also brought to mind sometimes I kind of feel like there's the Baltimore music scene is very uh, there's a lot going on but I kind of feel like it's very splintered like you know I don't I I look out and I see people that look like me a lot of times at shows like it was only when I started playing with rain that there were like a big queer audience. Uh So do you think that has something to do with the whole reaching out to different types of people? Like, or do you, do you feel like Baltimore is like balkanized in that way? Or do you feel like there's a true community of that just comes for music?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think Baltimore is a city where musicians like every, every show I go to is musicians going to see other musicians. Um, And there are micro scenes in Baltimore and like there are are scenes of bands in Baltimore that have nothing to do with each other. Like Mm -hmm. I talk about this with my partner Mickey all the time about how like there's like a whole scene of like like the 98 Rock Showcase kind of shows. Like they have a completely different model of shows and booking that are often like pay to play. And like, you know, those aren't really shows I think that are fostering musicianship and fostering community because they often end up being a thing where someone's like bullying their friends into buying tickets and and, yeah uh, and you know they're they're in neighborhoods that people don't live in so like when you're playing in like station north or hamden or in like anywhere like more central to like where musicians actually live I think like that makes a difference in fostering a community. Um But within like I mean there's there's like the younger scene of like mica students that have like experimental bands that like play in warehouses and stuff and then there's like the scene of like punks over thirty five <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and then there is like uh, a kind of emerging scene of um of queer musicians that I think I would like lump myself in that would be like Manners Manners and uh uh No Please, which used to be History Majesty, uh Maxine, which is a fucking great band. Um uh Moth Puppy Uh so I mean I'm I'm just, you know, trying to think of but so there's there are micro scenes, but then I think like those scenes come together as sort of like the station north zone and then there's like everything else. Right. Yeah.
0: Which is kind of on its own circuit. Yeah. Like you're talking about the Yeah, indie there's rocking, definitely like
2: pay to play mini circuits within our circuit and then circuits that have nothing to do with us. Yeah. And it's really strange whenever things kind of collide. Yeah.
0: So um who are your favorite bands in Baltimore right now? Who are you listening to?
2: Um in Baltimore, uh, well, Quattro Santa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am wearing your T-shirt. Maxine, Quattro who Santa. I just mentioned, are really great. Um, Super City. I don't know if you've seen them. I don't know them. Um, I adore those dudes. Uh, they're all like uh, real, technically proficient jazz dudes mm. who, like, you know, like have actual degrees in in music, and like, m- I think most of them teach at school of rock or privately. Um but goddamn, uh I've seen many bands that are, you know, just like people that have like a a degree in jazz studies from Towson and like most of the time those bands fucking suck. <laughs> but this one doesn't. Um and I think that makes them exemplary um for their style. Um they Dress impeccably. They have fucking choreography. Yes, uh, they shred. They sing like little baby angels. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, baby I, angels. I adore them. Them.
0: I think that's your album name, by the way. Little, little baby, baby angels. angels.
2: Well, there are cherubs yeah. on my album cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there are. There mm-hmm.
0: are. Um, Sometimes I feel like um, being technically proficient can kind of get in your way in terms of writing a song. Like, I think something I think feel? that's
2: true. Um, sometimes but I also think that it's a trap to get caught up in the idea that like polish and proficiency won't make you an authentic Mm. artist because you should always be striving to be better absolutely um that was the thing that I was really caught up in in my head um and up until last year I think um and when I like caved in and I started taking voice lessons mm-hmm. from a friend of mine and it like, it didn't make me like write songs worse. Like, right. it, it, it like becoming a better musician does not make you a worse musician. <laughs> yeah. You know?
0: So do you feel like having training has kind of, um, changed how you write songs at all or?
2: Um, a little bit. Um, in that I have like a bigger toolkit yeah. available to me. Um, and there is, like, a certain amount of creativity that comes from having a limited toolkit, um, which I think was what appealed to me about lo-fi music in mm-hmm. general. Um, but it's not everything, you know. <laughs> right. I like I like having more at my disposal to play with. So
0: tell me a little bit about future plans. What's coming up next um, with your several, several projects?
2: Yeah. Um, so Manners Manners is releasing a single called Free Will Astrology soon soon uh, soon, soon. I, you're not gonna break any news right yeah now, i'm not just gonna soon? break any news because <laughs> i don't know yet um but we've recorded it it sounds cool um nice um it by wire this probably won't be or it might be before we release this podcast but we're playing at reverb with jeffrey lewis and los bolts uh this tuesday which is the 27th of april is that correct i believe that's yeah um at reverb in baltimore um and that's going to be all acoustic for us which is a thing that we've just started to do and i think that it's a good good development for us um manners manners is playing at uh Wind up space on May fourteenth with a great Baltimore band called Wishing Rock and two really cool touring bands called O oh Paradiso and the Two Youths. Um, and then after that, uh, Manners Manners is going to record an EP later in the summer um, and hopefully get out of town more often. Nice. Yeah. Have
0: you guys toured out of town yet or not so much? Um,
2: we've played in DC. Oh yeah. Um, okay. and that's pretty much the extent of it
0: what's the dc crowd like i've only played there once with like i don't really have a sense of it
2: yeah i mean i think that uh it's a city with a lot of things going on um i have to say the show that i played in dc uh was not a show that would give me a sense of the dc crowd because it was booked in in a little bit of an odd way and uh we were the only band that was like in any way local. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so it was like one band from Georgia and one band from Florida, and they toured up this way, um, and they were nice. Um, but we were, we were the local draw. So it was a little yeah. bit of an oddly booked show, and we and we have some friends in DC. You know, we're not from DC. Um, but we drew maybe like 10 of our friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's a
0: lot of pressure on the touring band. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. So, so it was a situation where like we were a touring band, but we were, but the draw. <laughs> um, so, so I, from the, that I can't say what the scene is like, but I do know that there are some really good, like queer fronted bands and a lot of really good feminist punk bands in DC. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of where things are right now with them. Um, bad moves and uh, homo superior are two really good dc bands right now.
0: Okay. So, if we're talking about future plans, what is one thing that you haven't done yet that you would like to do?
2: Um so my big creative goal like for my lifetime is that I would like to score a silent film. Mm, um yeah. and I have a few in my pocket. I've um I've scored a film before um by which i mean i've just like written a few songs and and sent them to a filmmaker and then that was the score nice. um actually what movie
0: was that or what film was it
2: um it was called lady beard and it came out in i want to say 2012 um some friends of mine in west virginia made this movie um
1: yep. it was all right
2: um i one of the things about like those songs though is that they ended up like growing into songs that turned into Manners Manners songs oh, or wow. actually Separation Falls on a chapter of diamonds is uh, from the scene in uh, Lady Beard where like people are breaking up and everyone's sad. So oh. I just like wrote this sad thing and then later it got lyrics.
0: Okay. What's your favorite song on the EP?
2: Oh, that's Um, a hard question i know i don't think (laughs) i i i don't know if i can if i can say that um i like i like different ones for different things yeah
0: yeah. is there one that has like an interesting story behind it i mean i know you just mentioned the movie the the film Yeah. yeah
2: um so i like writing story songs so they all have a story um to them in one way or another um the first song on the EP, First in Line, is about Jabriath, Um, who I don't know if you're familiar no, with. No, no, what's So that Jabriath uh, was the first openly gay rock star to be on a major label in the 70s. Well, it, ever, but this was in the 70s. Um, <laughs> yeah, I totally missed that. Whoa, so, what was their deal? Um, God, he was... So actually, like, he's my background picture on my phone. Oh my, my he's my patron saint and this is why um so jabriath um was this young man from like central pennsylvania uh joined the army and went awol to join the cast of hair
0: that's amazing as like the
2: first thing in his life just (laughs) to like set the stage but he was like writing these songs and they were beautiful like very piano based um a little elton johnny in a way but like uh, he recorded these songs. Um, he met this, like, really, like, high-powered but also very shady uh, manager uh, who helped him record this album and promoted the fuck out of it, like, billboards in Times Square and, like, on buses and stuff and, like, hype, 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 hype. Jabriath is going to be the next David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the I'm the true fairy of rock and roll. Like, z- he <laughs> <saying, laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's what okay, Jabriath no, said. Okay, never mind.
0: That's your album title. <laughs> yeah, true fairy
2: of rock and roll. Because... I mean, Jabriath could see the hip- hypocrisy in Glam Rock of like bisexuality, like being a fad. And yet, like, Jabriath, an openly gay man, his songs, once this album was released, it tanked because his songs were gay as fuck. <laughs> um
0: Yeah, it's like you can kind of play with it, but don't actually. Yeah, yeah, it. you yeah, know, like totally.
2: Bowie was still like at the end of the day, you know, like even in the eighties, he was like, "Yeah, I lied. Like I, I just did that to." Right. He, didn't, know, he, he didn't. He didn't write songs he, that were like he queer baited for money. Men. I mean, yeah. like I love Bowie, but like that's a fucked up thing that he did, and I think that was like the core hypocrisy of glam rock. um So he released this album and all this expectation, and it just came crashing down. And poor guy. Um, Ended up, like, moving back in with his mom and then got kicked out for being gay. Uh, and then he ended up living in the uh, Chelsea Hotel in New York. And he was doing sex work the whole time. Um, he, like, rebranded himself as, like, one of those, like, uh, piano, like, gay bar guys. Uh-huh. Um, so he did that for a while. But um, he... He passed away in 1984 was like a very early casualty of AIDS uh, um, so um, I, I hold him very close to my heart um, as a, a gay musician um, and like a bottom <laughs> like he's like the like glam rocks like we're like rock music's like greatest bottom (laughs) yeah
0: no i can see wow Mm -hmm. i i didn't know about him but it sounds like quite a figure i'll have to listen to it and see if i can find his songs um i did want to have you play a tune for everyone but um first i want to wrap things up with this question um what advice would you have for a young musician trying to decide whether they want to do this as a A hobby or like professional or in any capacity
2: um I don't know if I hmm I mean I'm I have a day job I would say like find a a day job that you can live with and uh sustains you and at the end of the you can leave at the end of the day and and turn your brain off of your work self and like Get yourself a job that you can compartmentalize your life with effectively Um, because I have gone through periods of time where I haven't had a day job or I've been, you know, underemployed. And uh, I know that this isn't everyone's case, but for me, like having all of that downtime was not necessarily productive time I'm someone who really needs like structure and order in my life like I have mega mega ADD so if I don't have like if I'm not getting up at the same time Mm -hmm, every day like I'm not going to get on a roll with stuff so I think that that's a common thing for artists and musicians so uh I would say that my advice is build structure and stability into your life uh and then build time for music into that
0: build time for music. I love it. So what song do you want to play for us?
2: Good question. Um, I think I'm going to play the song I was just talking about first in line.
1: All right, let's get to it. How could you have known? There was only starlight to see. And to beckons from across the ice into the crevasse, the sledges tumble and detached and seized into the sea. Sometimes at the top, the first. Out of mirrors and smoke Peaking from the heavens Once they send you I had to send it. I knew it was The other way around the statue of a Fully suited Goddess slinging arrows Looking right At me Sometimes it's
0: Kelsey? Mm